welcome to episode 23 of Book Off Banter. It's been a really busy fortnight on horsey social media, so we're going to take a look at some of the controversial topics. Um, we also want to say the biggest thank you ever to Hooligans Legacy, who nominated us for a Listener's Choice Award. It put the biggest smile on both of our faces, and honestly, it was so appreciated. We also want to thank everyone else who's voted and shared and we would be so grateful if anybody else would like to do that. You can go on to BritishPodcastAwards.com and vote for us and make us really happy. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we're going to be quite honest. We know what we're up against. We're up against yeah. sort of Chris Ramsey and, you know, my dad Shag wrote porno. Yeah, my dad wrote that. We know that that's who we're up against as the listener's choice. So, um, but every little vote makes a difference. And then we'll probably thought we might be able to get like a wooden fish. spoon. Absolutely. And I just think, I, honestly, I got a little bit emotional when people get like tagged me and go, look, I'm voting. I'm like, why are you? Oh, well, not why are you doing this? But it, I just say, I think that everyone that does vote for us, I don't think they realise what it does for us. Yeah. I think that's why, like, I really did want to shout out um, Hooligan's Legacy because it's something yeah. that I would never, ever have like, suggested that I was, people did that I was even or... aware of it and no. then <laughs> um, <laughs> let's be quite honest we didn't know and then that came up and I was like oh that's brilliant yes that was that was Thanks. a really lovely thing um and also it's prompted my um my friend's husband to come up with the best idea ever and he was like so are we going on a huge night out when you win the award and I was like yeah yeah totally I said obviously oh. like we're against my dad wrote a porn on shag married noise it's not gonna happen he was like who cares let's celebrate like you won let's yeah. go out as oh if you've won God, yes. he was like we'll just have we should a totally do that yeah he was like we'll have a massive night out and be like yeah we're celebrating the win so i was like oh my yeah. god i'm down for that so to be honest it's made it's made for a good night whatever happens oh, i'm celebrating is, like i win the biggest smile on my face seeing it and seeing the people that are now voting for us and stuff and it oh it's so lovely and i just really really appreciate it and yeah. on that really like positive professional no i have a confession so oh. i have just found two sparkly frillies in my car in bags not addressed <gasps> <laughs> so oh my god so who hasn't got them so two people don't have them that should have them so i'm guessing that what's happened is i've gone to i've put them in my car and gone to post them and then this whole corona thing's happened and I've barely yeah. left. So I'm really sorry. And if you message me, because I've sat and tried to work out who it yeah. is, but I think I've posted ones since then. Yeah. So it's not like, so I've, I've, anyway, basically I've got no idea. I'm really, really sorry. I'm really shit. I should, I'll give myself a rosette. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh well, we are, we are allowed to. You're allowed to. God, I blame my life shit up. I blame it. I blame it. Uh, and talking of Corona, so is this your news? <laughs> oh my god, you could not write this shit. So basically, I'm currently self isolating. Okay. I messaged you today, didn't I? And said, oh, I need to explain this. But the thing is, it looks very much like. In fact, I know for a fact but I've had coronavirus <laughs> and I'm going to sound so sick now because you know, obviously I work in the health service and I, a little bit of that I think is why I didn't realise. So the long and short of it is I woke up one day and I felt like I had a hangover. That is not unusual. 
can I add, particularly in lockdown, because like a lot of people, my alcohol consumption has increased. When I look back on that day, I filmed a couple of TikToks, I rode my horse. And then the day after that, I got a headache. And it was a weird headache that I thought was sinusitis. It hurt when I moved my eyes, but I felt okay in myself. A couple of days, I had this headache for a couple of days and it went when I took paracetamol or whatever, so I was fine, went to work. And then the headache went away and I felt fine. And then all of a sudden I lost my smell and taste. So I kept looking because obviously I have asthma and I kept looking and thinking, have I got the symptoms of coronavirus? And at that time, the symptoms of coronavirus were a fever, a cough and potentially a headache, but not just a headache on its own. You had to have a fever or a cough with it. So I was like, oh no, I haven't got coronavirus. I'm going to work. Anyway, then I lost my smell and sense of smell and taste. And someone said, that is a symptom of coronavirus. So I phoned, told my work and they said, well, can't really test you because it's actually not a recognized symptom. Anyway, I wasn't at work for quite a while after that. Sam was ill as well. Sam, I mean, again, quite mild, but he lost his smell and sense, smell and taste. And then on Monday the 18th, and I remember this date, <laughs> The news came on and I was over at the stables and Isaac, Oscar, came over, riding over on his bike and went, by the way, mum, the man on the news has just said you've got coronavirus. And then he just rode off again to like go, I don't know, piss up a tree or something. I don't know. So I was like, what the hell? So I went to the house and went, Isaac, Oscar's just said that the news has said I've got coronavirus. And Sam went, well, no, what they've said is now loss of, sense, loss of sense of smell and taste is a symptom. So straight away, I contacted my manager and they were like, well, there's not a lot we can do now because you're over it. You're getting better, you know, you're better and blah, blah. So I went back to work and my husband went back to work and they said to him, have you got any symptoms? And he went, well, yeah, I've said I can't smell anything or taste anything. So they said, oh, well, we better test you. So they tested him and he came back as positive. So there's been this big hoo-ha about what to do about me because obviously I gave him it because I had it first. Um, but obviously I didn't have a test and when I was ill, I didn't show these proper symptoms of coronavirus. So I am now being forced to self-isolate for two weeks for an illness I had a month ago. <laughs> so frustrating. You literally could not. And I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life. You know, I'm having a sunbathe. Yeah. I'm having a drink in the afternoon. It's wonderful. <laughs> I tell you, someone who isn't enjoying it, Vince. Yeah. So yeah, he's like shit because I've been so busy with work. I yeah. actually haven't been able to ride particularly well. You know, regularly. Now I can. I don't think he's going to like it. Poor Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Vince. So yeah, uh, there's a couple of things which really do stand out in this which is number one I was so sick that I didn't realize I had coronavirus when I had coronavirus or two secondly the fact that I'm hard as nails so yeah that is the news so guys um if I am on social media quite a lot of the next couple of weeks Mind what about you what you've been up to no no one in hospital no injuries no, to anyone actually oh no. okay but no, is his nipple all right? Because I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about how much I've thought about Ben's nipple. His nipple has made a full recovery. You will be pleased to know. <laughs> um, yes, I've I've got more homeschooling Henry stories. Oh, oh um, great! I love these. Honestly, that kid is getting me through lockdown, with the exception <laughs> of, um, he now insists on a 
full-time narration for all of the animals. So I have to literally say what the dogs think about everything. So have you got like four dogs as well? Three dogs. So three. You'll say what? What's That's a lot of say? time out of your day? Jesus Christ! It's it's full on. So I have to say, will you throw the stick for me? And then he says, then what is Gracie saying? Throw the stick, throw the stick, please, quick, throw the stick. <laughs> and you know, like, it's my damn fault because I did it one time. And yeah, it's hours. It is hours a day I am doing that. So that's one thing. But other than, so that's not getting me through My lockdown. husband does that though. Oh, my, no, my husband does the it. The thing is, it's funny to do it a little bit when you want yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really funny to do it when the dog's done something or has an expression on his face that looks like yeah. he would say something what is not funny is like sometimes i'm in a different room and he says what's rupert <laughs> saying and i'm like i don't know i'm not with him <laughs> and then the other day he said to me mommy what's the sheep saying and i said oh i can't talk sheep and he legitimately believes that i can speak dog <gasps> and horse but that i can't speak sheep so he like really oh, seriously will say so like, oh, well, mummy can't speak sheep, so she won't be able to talk to the sheep. <laughs> oh my God, this is so cute, my heart. But then there's my husband who, who does it to the dog. And like, I was in bed the first time he did it. We had long had Rupert and Rupert obviously steals quite a lot of food. <laughs> and I could hear, I could hear Sam talking and he was like, so I'm telling you now, you are not to steal any of this. And the next one, yeah but dad and he talks like Danny Dyer Rupert yeah. by the way he goes, yeah but dad I get really hungry in the night and I just I have to get and I was like what the fuck were you doing he came in he obviously realised I could hear him he's like so what the fuck were you doing he's like um just having a little conversation with Rupert and yeah that just made me roar so so I guess for him it's something fun to do as a one-off but having to do it for hours and hours on end yeah and I swear I am not exaggerating like Ben was off work yesterday and he was like Jesus I'm exhausted with you having to do dog voices <laughs> like, he said I'm actually feeling a bit overwhelmed because you feel like there's like five, like an extra three people in the house like he was like it's a lot Katie and I was like yeah, you're damn right it's a lot yeah. so that's one thing but he did absolutely crack me up so I decided I'm really shit at geography so I was like pick a country and let's just learn about this country okay and that's kind of gonna yeah. do geography history and English yeah. all wrapped in one you know well like time save so he said he would like to learn about America so I was like okay I know nothing about America let's like google and we'll see what we find out yeah so we watched this YouTube for kids video and he decided he was really interested in Mount Rushmore. So we learned loads about Mount Rushmore. We watched this video, got to the end and I said, okay, so we'll write some of these things down. So I said, so can you remember any of the names of the presidents who were on that mountain? And he said, well, one of them was Dave. And I was like, no. <laughs> Them. Right, okay. So I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking, it could well be Dave because I haven't got a clue. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have known before. I do now, but I wouldn't have known before. Oh, okay. Of course, yeah. So one of them isn't Dave. There is I no can Dave. Tell from your reaction, it's not that there's no Dave. There's not even anything David? remotely. There's no David. There is no, like, literally Dave. Dave's <laughs> okay, kind of okay. Henry's name that he pulls out for, like, random things. We got him a walking okay. dinosaur toy and I was like, oh, what are you going to call me? He's like, Dave. Dave's just like, yeah. is like a go-to name. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. 
so I then said, like, well, what about, um, can you remember who sailed and discovered America? And he said, Christopher Robin. I know this one. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was really close. Really close then. Really close. And I said, it was Christopher Columbus. But remember what was really interesting about Christopher Columbus? And he said, no. And I said, well, they used to think that the earth was flat. But then he discovered that it wasn't because we know now that it's shaped like a ball. And he said, no, it used to be shaped like a ball, but now it's a rectangle. I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Where does he got that from? Honestly, I dread to think, what are his teachers going to think that I've taught this kid? Like, I literally, like, I just went, <laughs> and he was like, why are you laughing, mummy? And I was like, oh my God. I was trying to keep, because I was like, you know, really good attempt. But at the same time, like, I had tears, like, rolling down yeah, my face. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. More Henry. Oh, and um, I I jumped my little ponies. Um, I saw this. I oh, saw it, such yeah. such good girls. My You're never going to sell those ponies. My horses are like ridiculous compared to them. Those ponies just take whatever you throw at them. They're actually ridiculous. I they look so established already. I know. What I love about them when I was watching the videos is they've got such great attitudes. I know you say about, oh, you can throw anything at them, but they're certainly not sort of, oh, well, they are, they are pretty quiet, but they've got real fun attitudes to their yeah. work as well. So when you see, saw them on the jumping, they were like, even if, perhaps not sure but that it is a prick and they're always mm-hmm. going and yeah you just think god what great they've got great attitudes haven't they absolutely fantastic attitudes so they yeah have you're such, never such. gonna sell those because you're gonna keep them <laughs> and sell money henry do you want henry what you want a new pony yes henry maybe you could do maybe you could do your dog voice for the horses <laughs> i don't want to be sold no i don't want to be sold either i want to stay with you and do some jumping yeah me too and you'll be like that so like get henry on side so then he can go to voice. ben and then and then he can go to ben and go no the, no the ponies have said they don't want to be sold I heard them. They spoke to mummy and they said they don't want to be sold. I actually forgot as well. He was doing a Zoom chat thing with Ben's brother and his wife and they've got a golden retriever. So they're having like a conversation. I was kind of pottering around in the background. And then Henry said, Bailey, that's their dog. Bailey's here. Mummy, what's Bailey saying? And he's like telling them, (laughs) mummy can talk dogs. Um, What's Bailey saying? So I was like, um... Oh, I had to do different voice for Bailey. That's the pressure, isn't it? All yeah. the different voices. And I'm not even That's very good at accents. Pressure. I did a pirate well, voice for the other day. Maybe like one of them could be an Australian. <laughs> maybe one of them could be Australian and I could teach you. Because we all know how well that went out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's who I need to come to. Um, okay, so we are going to move on to the hugely controversial... Nick Skelton horse and hound article. Oh my God, did oh my. that kick off? Just a bit. Just so for anybody that didn't read the article yep. or hasn't seen it on social media, um, Nick Skelton wrote a piece in Horse and Hound, which had, I think, it's obviously just my opinion, but I felt the tone was a little bit unfortunate and it came across quite... 
condescending and it it really I think, just I think the line was lots of people I've never heard of turning up on a sunshine tour kind of even though I'm not a show jumper that made my hackles rise a little bit yeah even as an inventor so sorry to talk over you there Katie no, when I you think... said you'll be you're being very diplomatic <laughs> with what you're saying I'm like actually I think you know he he kind of put a real divide between amateurs and pros which Mm. yeah look we know like I know I'm not Nick Skelton um but equally I didn't know there really needed to be such a divide at what point do you have that divide do you know what I mean it's like yes yes if I say won the lottery and was able to buy myself like a bloody saint of a horse that might carry me around like a 130, 140. Am I then allowed, am I like worthy? But because I'm not mm. really rich I'm, and I'm jumping 110s, I'm totally unworthy. Like it's, it just you, becomes... you, I have to say, yeah. So also after this, an eventer piped up as well. Um, oh, I, a, a I didn't know this, yeah. Uh, so an eventer who, to be fair to Ross, she has forgotten more about horses than I will ever know in my life. Um, and she piped up along the same lines of what Nick was saying, which was about whichever way you read them. And I know possibly some people aren't going to agree with what we said, but my take on it. And when I read Nick's and Ross's articles was, I felt that they were suggesting in some ways that the lower levels were dispensable to further the upper levels. Mm-hmm. And and that's just how I took it. Now maybe I read the tone of both those articles wrong, but that's how I did it. So yeah, I agree. It suddenly all of a sudden became very much. And Ros, she rode at badminton and Burley, and her horse, her horse infamously was the one that Mark Todd jumped on and literally hadn't ridden before, and then he won badminton on it. So you know she she knows her stuff. Yeah. Um, but. That again, she was her gist was suggesting getting rid of the 80, 90, and 100 levels and letting them be run by Pony Club and Riding Club. Putting up membership fees again, this is a, a running theme that people seem to think that yeah. putting up membership fees is a good idea, and then uh, investing more money into the upper levels. So, yeah, similar to what happened in show jumping. I mean, Nick's suggestion was 500 pounds, that is a hell of a lot of money. Like That's I've got three horses. Yeah. I just think, is there really a need to do that? I mean, it's hard because look, part of the some of the things he said, I can see there is a need for BS to maybe have a little look. Like I'm just speaking, everyone has different experiences, but I'm speaking from my experience. I have to persuade Ben to come to a show with me and he cannot bear when it starts at 80, goes to 85, 90, 95, yeah. meter, meter five, meter 10. Mm. That, mm. because that is a oh, that's, that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Yes. We it's don't have a lot of is. venues around us. And I can think of two in particular, every single time they run, that is the schedule they run. Mm. And I mean, Ben's... But the problem is as well, and if but if they're running those classes and those classes are full then there's a need for those classes, 100%. you could say. So I mean, those classes I mean, are the really busy ones, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I do get that sometimes they don't even get to run the big classes or the big classes are running yeah, at midnight. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. That is frustrating. If you've got good horses that need to be produced, 
we don't have the system that they do on the continent. You know, these horses are no. not getting a chance to be produced and to be jumped regularly. And I get that would be bloody frustrating. Um, yeah, and I think that we are very behind. I mean, partly we aren't going to catch up. The continent, that it's a big sport over there. People want to go and yes. watch it. So there's a yeah. huge amount of yeah. investment. And, you know, you can reach a million showgrounds in a couple of hours. It takes me a couple of hours yeah. to get to about three showgrounds. And I'm not using yes, the country. Yes. I'm just literally trying to, you know, find my local venue. Yes. So I think in that respect, you know, we aren't going to be able to catch up. But certain things I never understand, you know, why can't we have more than one horse in the ring? Why are shows so painfully slow? Why do we have to have the five centimeter increments? You know, do an 80 mm. and then do a 90. Like, because... Well, that's what we do at eventing. Yeah. I mean... That's what we do with eventing. And also, it... it, it it's I think the problem is <clears throat> half the problem with show jumping is they go are oh, 80 and 90 because you go in and the majority say you enter I'm going to go for a 90 I'm just going to pick 90 is it so you entered a 90 class and the chances are that from that very first fence it will be 90 centimeters yeah and then when you get into the jump off part of it it will be another 10 centimeters on top of that so what you're saying to people is you need to be able to, to compete in this class, able to jump every fence at 90 centimetres and a metre. Mm-hmm. So really, realistically, to enter a 90 class, you need to be pretty confident at a, a metre. Yeah. I want to say 100 centimetres, that's how we talk <laughs> it. Whereas eventing, if you, the 90 show jumping that you do, the first fence will probably be below 90 and it yeah. will be an inviting fence. And then over the course, it will gradually usually sometimes you'll see us as eventers going oh my god look how big it is we say that because the first three fences aren't gradually increasing in height yeah and two of the fences can then be five centimeters bigger so it can be so on the whole most of the fences are 90 but you're kindly a little bit more kindly introduced to them and they only go to 95 so maybe what your problem is is the fact that you've got this 10 centimeter jump in the jump off and the fact that they're so full up. So maybe instead of saying, okay, we need a 90 and a 95, etc., what you should be maybe saying is, all right, maybe we need to accept that these 90s and these meter classes are perhaps for the younger horses or the horses, the people that are less experienced, should we say. And maybe we just bring in a gentle rule, which is the first two fences need to be slightly under 90 centimetres. And then the jump off is goes to 95 instead of a metre. And then That's I think we'll be able to get a rip that rid I of all these agree with um, yeah that's what i hear about i've never been abroad jumping obviously um but that's what i, I have hear not about. been to australia i know <laughs> next week um yeah that's what i hear about that abroad the fences are kinder you know they'll have mm. ground lines in they won't have fillers in maybe straight away uh, because there's nothing more discouraging than like yeah. i've had a few young horses that i've you know started and when you walk the course for a British novice and the first fence is an oxer with fillers and you just think, yeah, like that. Exactly. It ne- the problem is the horse then starts backwards and yeah. it's very hard then to persuade it to get into a forward rhythm attacking the fences. Yeah. Because it's kind of gone rather than getting its blood up, it's done the opposite and it's gone like, shit, this is terrifying. Mm. I don't know if I want to be in here. And I just sometimes think a British novice they need to remember like is a British novice I've seen Liverpool yeah. British novices like 
it's just ridiculous it's unnecessary they are supposed to be for young ho- young horses to learn the job who will then move up yeah. so i think mm-hmm. i'd be the first one to say but then by the same token change. as well though well that's but there's but the same token and, and that was what i wrote that which actually turned into quite a controversial blog post that i wrote because supposedly i was creating this div- i was furthering this divide between pro and amateur which is you're gonna get these people as well who they aspire to go around a British novice. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I'll hold my hands up to this. I can tell you when I did my first ever British novice, because it was not so long ago. I think it was five years ago. Yeah. So I aspire to me, jumping a British novice or jumping BS was something that I in my head was convinced I wasn't good enough to do so I aspire to doing it obviously now I do a bit more BS I'm jumping slightly bigger classes I wouldn't say I'm jumping the big ones again probably less than a 110 or 110 is my max there is this aspiration and and I don't think that it's anyone's place to say to somebody you're not worthy of being there because you're only jumping a 90 centimeters I think it's about we have to kind of say what's the point in that because actually, exactly like you said before, the revenue is predominantly coming from the people who are, the millions of people who are going and jumping 80s and 90s. So oh, for me, yeah. if you are jumping at an upper level, they're funding a lot of the show yeah. centres putting shows on. Especially mm-hmm. like, say in an area like us, we don't have loads and loads of pros. You know, it's probably different further down south. Yeah, so possibly. Our show venues... I can't imagine would actually be able they to need run. Them. They need them. Yeah. I think and when when Ros Morgan put her article out, and I think someone had done some sums and looked at it, and 80% of the members of British Eventing were competing at nov- below novice, so the yeah. 80, 90s and 100s. Only 20% of the membership, and that may be wrong, I'm just reading what I've seen on the internet, uh, were 20% were at this level above. Now, years and years and years ago, and I think this is where Roz was taking her point from, when you went affiliated eventing, you started at novice. Mm -hmm. It started at novice. Before that, you did pony club, riding club, unaffiliated until you were good enough to do novice. And then you did that, which is fine and which is great. But we're talking about, I think, what, end of the 80s? I mean, shit. Everything's moved on. Yeah. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. I mean, if you went to a 90 now, I mean, I when I started, in, it was called Intro. And it was literally 90 centimetre roll tops. And you might get a little 90 centimetre easy ditch to, to a roll top. It, it wasn't a difficult course. Yeah. If you compared even that right back there, that wasn't even that long. I'm not that frigging old. To the 90 centimetre courses that you'll see now, they're poles apart. They're completely poles apart. And you cannot tell me that that isn't the same further up the levels. So, you know, the novice that they were probably starting out at. I really disagreed with the massive push for the young horse classes. No, I don't agree with young horse classes. I think, personally, I don't agree with young horse classes full stop. But I can see that someone like Nick Skelton on a horse like Big Star, for him those jumps are so easy even as a baby that it's it's very different still i'm i'm not a fan just from like their joints and stuff but okay i can see that those horses and those riders are so capable so talented that they can do it but if you that if you put all the focus onto young horse classes 
you are then going to make people like me say, okay, well, now I'm going to have to try and jump young horse classes. Yeah. Well, I'm not a good enough rider. You know, I cannot get a four-year-old round. I don't know what the four-year-olds are jumping. Is it like 90 or meter? I would not be ready to do that. And I just think we need to keep the sport, for me, safe and fun. Mm-hmm. If it's not those oh, yeah, 100%. things, then what are we doing oh. it for? We're not stopping the, the elite. We're not. No, there still like, needs to be their ability to make money. Yeah. And that's what I kind of get quite a bit cross with is the fact that, that, like you say, this divide was created. And then it's almost like, what's wrong with us being in this sport? What, uh, we're not ruining it for you, the fact that we're here as well. There is room for us all in the sport. There's exactly. room for, you know, I mean, one of the, the biggest inspirations that hit my screen last year was a woman that comments quite a bit on my blog. Her name's Lynn, Lynn Gower. I call her Lynn Gwan Gower. She was 70 years old and she did her first ever BE80. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and she did it for charity. What a story. What a woman. Yeah. And do you want to lose those stories for the sake no, of your young people? I think your, your, own... your young people will look up to, you know, Ros Cantor and, um, yeah. and William Fox Pitt and Mary King. And, but equally, there'll be a lot of people who will, she'll be their inspiration. Oh, 100%. She's mine. Yeah, She's a legend. So Absolute freaking legend. Like, we don't want to lose the people who, mm. you know, juggle kids. Work, yes. You know. Oh, yeah. And I also think isn't, that... Isn't that what makes our sport so great? Isn't that what so makes special, it... so special, yeah. So, exactly. The fact that women and men compete equally. Yeah. And... A farmer is competing against a millionaire yeah. who's competing against some a hairdresser. Is that not what makes it just what you're never going to get that in any other sport? So don't ruin it because we've got it in ours. Don't just and, and don't and that's the other thing is don't treat it with contempt. So, like, oh, that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's I know. The best I think thing that ever. was that was what I and I mean. You know, there's people yeah. definitely on the on the show jumping forums from both sides of the, you know, coming at it from both sides. But what I think was unforgivable personally was the tone it was written in. Mm. I think you're entitled yeah. to your opinion, but personally, yeah. I think that, especially at the minute, that's what I said to Ben, like, everyone's having a shit time. Yeah. We have all trained all winter. We've mm. registered us. We've registered our horses. We're not seeing that back. And... Did we really need that kick in the fairy? No. we did. Like, no, no one did. And everyone's, like I said about to, to somebody, everyone's feelings are so brittle at the moment. Yeah. Because, you know, I wrote what I thought was quite a, a nice post. You know, I very little swearing. I was quite mindful. Don't swear too much, Nick Carla. Yeah. Just put your point across. And I got slated for it. I got slated for creating a pro-am divide. Pros aren't like that. No. Not every pro is, but sadly, a voice has been given to a couple and what they have said has been interpreted a certain way. And you cannot avoid that. I am not lying. This is not something I'm making up. I read lots of very, very, very passionate posts from people, both in the eventing and the show jumping world before I, well, I don't put pen to paper. I write it all in the notes of my phone. But before I even thought about writing anything, 
and at the end of the day that's just how I felt as well so that was my opinion and that's I would like, like I to love my... the Ricky Gervais quote that's um just because you're offended it doesn't mean you're right and yeah I think that's the thing everyone is allowed an opinion he can say yeah. whatever the hell he wants yeah and equally we're allowed to say this is how it made us feel yeah, whether you exactly. meant whether you meant it or not yes. and we're not alone what I was trying to get out yeah. we are actually one of a huge amount of people who have read it and interpreted it the exact same way so if you yes. didn't want it to yes. be interpreted that way maybe you need to you know say actually guys that's not how it was supposed to come across exactly because exactly that you know, yes he's made so much money in the sport he doesn't need people like me anymore oh, but there no. are a shitload of pros that do there are a shitload yeah. of pros that are only able to compete. Oh, hang on, the dog's itching. What's Wait. he saying? What's he saying, Katie? What's the dog saying? I'm itchy. I'm What's really he saying? Itchy. I'm so squishy. <laughs> Grace, come on, stop it. Yeah, there are a shitload of pros who could not compete if they weren't selling their horses that didn't make the grade, who no. weren't selling yeah. their horses that had made the grade but then need a quieter life, who aren't having horses on schooling livery, training livery training riders warming them up at shows that pays for them to be able to do the sport at an elite level because there's no money if you can't no. do all of those side businesses so if you remove that aspect or if you make those people feel so undervalued and so unimportant that they don't yeah. want to go and participate you are actually mm. going to affect the pros more than just leaving it as it is you know, yeah, yes, yeah. Tweak, yes, tweak things. Yes, look at what's working on the continent and as far as we can. Let's implement it. Let's make some changes for the good. But don't do it at the cost of thousands and thousands of people. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and don't and respect people's feelings. Don't make people feel like they're dispensable yeah. for your sport because we're not. And I'm going to talk this as we are not. And I speak as a grass, a big grassroots amateur, but and very amateur. But, um, you know, I'm not dispensable. And my membership money and my entry fee money is as good as the person that's pulled up next to me in a HGV. It was actually quite funny because when you were talking earlier about the age classes, someone put a post on Twitter eventing today and they said, would you go and see this horse from this picture? Now, I recognise the picture straight away. And it was um, a grey horse jumping over a fence in a field. It was obviously an old picture, you could tell from the style of the clothes and the whatever. Now, most people recognise it straight away as who it was. Yeah, I think I know. But I'm going to hold my hands up. I, I, it, it, was, it was Milton. Yeah. Okay, probably one of the greatest show jumpers that's ever lived. And it was with his, obviously, his owner, Caroline Bradley, who yeah. recognised his brilliance and, um, and brought him on. And lots of people obviously recognised it and all. And I just, but one of the things that stuck out with me, you were talking about age classes before, that was a four-year-old. And like, I think the point she was getting at is most people, if they saw that picture, because his front legs weren't brilliant when he was no. four, and John did pick up on that, um, most people that saw that picture, particularly if it had a hefty price for up tag, would probably think, nah, not for me. Because what they want to see nowadays is a loose a horse being loose-schooled tucking up knees up yeah. to its chin going over a massive oxer yeah. and they see that and they go oh yeah that's got scope 
whereas Caroline obviously recognised. Now, they didn't have age classes back then, I don't believe. She was jumping it in a grassy field in the arse yeah. end of nowhere. So, you know, she was producing it slowly. She was producing him carefully. And he was four, but he was jumping around with an okay fence. And yeah, so what you say about the age classes is really quite a valid point as well. So, you know, although we're talking about riders, don't also, we, we can't start um, abusing our position with horses either. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot know, of horses that harder. aren't ready for the age classes. doesn't mean they're not going to be no. good horses. It means, you know, no. their brains just maybe are going to take that little bit longer or their body's going to, you know, if you've got a very big horse, it doesn't mean he's not going to be good because he's not jumping that at four. It just probably means he's going to need a little bit longer because he's a big horse. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't necessarily think that pushing riders and horses is the right way to go no the good news is these were just opinions that have been put out yes they've been put out in quite a prolific way because they were horse and hound and on an online forum thing but they are just people's opinions bs and be have made no talk about moving that way no so you know that's the thing i mean it's you know it was just his thoughts um it's all do you know what upset me though it, and, and a little bit of the Ros one as well, because I had had a lesson with Ros many years ago, and I kind of thought, gosh, she must have thought it was a right twat, but she still took the money. Um, mm-hmm. Because I just kind of thought, he went down a little bit in my estimation, because I yeah. kind of thought, I've, look, I've looked up to you yeah. all of my life. I cried when you won that gold medal, yeah. because I felt like you'd won it for us. Yeah. And actually, there's no us. That's what no. you think of me. <laughs> that, and that's why... I think maybe that's because I felt it took it personally. <laughs> I think your, your post really resonated with so many people. It mm. definitely, definitely did with me. And it wasn't about, you know, making pros sound really ungrateful and they throw away their roulettes. But actually, it was about saying, you know, let's be honest. I don't know who it was that commented on your thing about, you know, not all pros throw away their roulettes or whatever. Yeah, look, we're not saying that. But are the pros going to treasure a rosette from a 90, the same as someone who has trained six years and their lifelong goal has been to jump around a 90? They're not. It would be stupid to say that they are. And I just think your post was really valid. It was saying how we felt. Like, it was saying that actually we didn't feel that there was an us and them. And that post made us feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Up until then, we'd all been like jogging along quite nicely together. Or, you know, we thought, we thought it was all working really well. We'd be really proud of the fact that, yeah, we're up. There's there's no pro in our, we're all together. And all of a sudden that one post came up. We're all like, fuck, is that what they really think of us? Yeah. So yeah, I just, like I said, he went down in my estimation. Someone else also went down in my estimation as a result. I'm sure I'd like to think that it didn't wasn't what he intended and I'd, I'd, I'd like to cling to that but we can't help the fact that that is how he's made a lot of people feel yeah and it's and that's quite sad we don't need that at the moment we don't need that at the moment with every, all the shit that's going on in the world we just don't need that at the moment we just need to pull pull together because yeah. if horse owners can't pull together but also, I mean, British, you're talking about, you know, British show jumping is looking like it's coming back with these training shows. So, yeah. happy days. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it's the start of us we getting did, out a bit. We did laugh a little bit in, um, in, in eventing. 
um, there's not a lot, there's sort of like a, a middle field of eventers and there's not a lot open to them. So grassroots, you have the grassroots championships and flies well, which are really fantastic. So obviously they take place at Babington, it's like yes, the biggest amazing. place in the world. And then obviously you've got these top levels and they're able to do sort of advanced and, um, and the FEIs and stuff. And then in the middle, you've got these group of people and they learn and they earn their money doing teaching and pony club and stuff like that. Yeah. And they have a few horses and they do a bit of buying and selling. And whenever there's a discussion about the grassroots championships, these this group of people feel very um, under um, supported, I guess, because yeah. they don't have a lot to work for because they say, well, I'm never going to be able to beat an Olympic champion at the top levels. And yet be shut me out of these lower championships yeah. so I'm stuck in the middle with nothing to go for and they say well I'm not a pro I only I only do this you know they've always doing it anyway there's a, a link come up from with regards to relaxing the lockdown and bringing back elite sport there's a few of us that think that that might be the model that um BE go down to bring some eventing back so we're talking about um and they were quite specific about what they consider to be an elite and it's someone who makes a living from their job from the sport it's on these certain pathways they have to be on and I was giggling because I was thinking all these people that have sat in the middle going I, I'm not an yeah. elite I'm not a pro they're suddenly going actually I am yeah I am I'm totally elite <laughs> and I am so going into that you know so it was it was quite it was quite an amusing thought that the, the, this lockdown and the situation that we're in has suddenly made everyone elite yeah. mentality to be honest Definitely. yeah because I was, I was like I could, I could twist this I, I mean I blog about my riding i make money from my blog i'm elite yeah i'm elite <laughs> oh the loopholes the loopholes that people are going to be going to find exactly exactly oh i saw i saw one the best loophole i saw with it all was because uh, you know you're not supposed to use indoor schools yeah and there was some caveat which was you can go on an indoor school find it's basically just a roof is what yeah no size so yeah you can just, <laughs> these people were hiring an indoor school and leaving the doors open <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's been some, yeah there's been some serious i mean none more obviously than bloody dominic cummings and his <laughs> trek up to barnard castle cool. he is the king you, isn't it? oh yeah he, is he's come you? local to us yeah to be honest i was quite excited because it was somewhere i knew i'm really bad with geography i was like oh my god, god, I know i'm terrible this. um i'm terrible I think he should be a horse rider. He's one of these that could twist anything, isn't he? Be like, um, I, I think I'm elite Not the because... best day on paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's an eventer. That is where he's from with his, insu- with his, <laughs> with his excuse making. Possibly. Possibly he is an eventer. Oh, it wasn't the best day on paper. I got eliminated, but... And I, I know doing that, it that we were supposed eyesight. to be on lockdown, but this horse... Um, needed to be ridden around across country course because it's frightened of being ridden anywhere else and it was good for its mental health. I mean, it was, it was rocking. Actually, let's go one step further. Dominic Cummings could talk horse and he could say to the police, look, if you ask the horse, I'll obviously, I'll be the interpreter because you can't speak horse. Um, if you ask this horse, I think you'll find... Sorry, what was that you said? I just want to go cross-country. <laughs> yes, you see, I argued. I did tell the horse I didn't think it was a good idea, but I insisted. So I was left with no choice. Do you know, do you know 
nothing. He should have so totally come to, to, to a horse owner for his excuse. I just wanted to check my eyesight. We could have given him a great bloody excuse. I tell you something. He should have come to us. We would have got that sorted for him. He would have. We could have made him a hero, let alone you know. We spend our life yeah. making excuses. Like, is that a new rug? No, I know it looks shiny, but actually, it's been very heavy rain, and the mud has just washed right off it. Did you need that bridle? Yes. Um, yes. The old bridle actually snapped, and it was unusable. Is that a new horse? No. Um, it, no. That's- it does look a bit different. But I think it wanted to try out a new colour. So yeah, we, we took it somewhere that dyes horses. And yeah, that, that's what yeah. you're noticing there. What else could we have? It's like, didn't you get eliminated? Well, what happened was I may have got eliminated. But the problem was my horses have been going so well that if I didn't get eliminated at this event, the danger was I was going to have to push them up a level before they were ready. Yeah. And so basically... Um, I made them get eliminated. Yeah. Um, for that very reason. What else? What other horse owning excuses could we use? I did it with Sam as well when um, he didn't realise I'd bought a horse for twelve months. That's bloody Oscar caught me. I got caught with because of Oscar. So that. Never <laughs> mind. Anyway. Um, what else? I think I'm just going to stick with what I know. I'm just going to stick with translating for the horses. Translating. You're obviously very good at it, and I can say actually. You are very convincing. I can see why Henry believes you. <laughs> you are very convincing. So were you on your way to show jumping? Um, no, we weren't, were we? No, I had laminitis. I had to go to the vet. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Dominic. Katie, you're, fr- you're to far us. too good at this. <laughs> yeah, I spend my life us, justifying purchases. I know, I know. I, we always used to laugh that I actually had to put out a message to a lot of people. Because one day when I was going to an event, someone went, oh, I might come and watch. I said, right, if you meet my husband, it's only cost me £30 to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Please, everyone, £30. Christ, so, I know yeah. I haven't even told Ben about the 500 He bloody swallow his tongue. It's like being an inventor. Oh, All right. So we're going to move on to the next thing, which I'm really sorry, because I actually feel a little bit like this is being a bit of an aggy episode. I feel like we're going to have to think of something funny. Um, okay, we'll, we'll go with it, because I just feel like we we'll had to talk about it. So two things happened, and I feel that they're linked. So the first one was, did you see the fucking bastard that is Harry Evans? That god-awful video. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh my god, yes, I did. Me absolutely sick. Oh my god, I felt so sick. I, I felt did. absolutely sick. I felt what physically the fuck? ill. Like it was horrific. Um so that if anyone just... that didn't see it, don't look for it. We have, because it's yeah, we've got a lot of foreign listeners. Um so basically what it stuff. is is um a dealer from Ireland. A low-end bin dealer. Yeah from Ireland, um, shared some things on his social media, which was then shared of him doing some really awful things to horses. Um, a lot of it was like clipping, where he was like tying their leg over um, their back so that when they moved, they would like fall. And the worst one was a horse that ended up getting its tooth knocked out because it wouldn't stand still to be clipped. Um, and I think it was amazing. I mean, it's awful when things that I get shared because you have to see it. But at the same time, 
that's what we've talked about this before um mm. this is what stops things that is happening because yeah everybody knows now and that is you know i think that's a clear message that's not what we want to see and we're not going to stand by and allow you to do that because it was absolutely awful it's scary though isn't it let's just let's just go right back to the start of this which is quite fucking terrifying that he's done this stuff and he shared it on yeah. social media laughing like, like he's he smiling hadn't done anything wrong yeah. and you have to worry well obviously you worry but but what the fuck mm-hmm. why on any planet would you think that that was acceptable yeah and Absolutely. that is what blows me away because he doesn't think he's done anything wrong and that is what scares me because he would not have shared it if he thought he was in the wrong because he this has happened as a result and that is fucking terrifying isn't it that's one of the worst things i think mm. i've ever seen it was i agree with you awful and so firstly um it's something i think we might have mentioned before but it made me straight away just think like this is why i am such a big believer in like with you with old horses unsound horses problem yeah. horses sometimes the kindest thing is to put them down down. at Mm. home with people that love them because people like him look a lot of the horses will have been like young horses picked up from sales or whatever but a lot of the horses that people like him have access to are horses that have been passed on for reasons Mm. of like unsoundness or they're difficult and Mm. he's just gonna abuse them fill them full of drugs and pass them on and we need to stop the horses yeah. being made available to people yeah, like that. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We have to stop this it's mentality. Duty. Of, you know, the worst thing is to put them down. It's a cruel thing. Oh. I mean, I've had there was a woman who used to work for me, and um, it came the time to put down um, the most incredible, gentle giant, absolute gorgeous. I adored him. But um, both his hind suspensories were knackered. And the vet said, this is worse than arthritis. This is something this horse is going to be in pain with every single day. Standing in a stable, he is in pain. He is never out of pain. There is nothing we can do. You know, it's the end of the road. It's 18-1. It's a lot of weight on. And he also had breathing issues as well. And this woman who worked for me was like, you know, I said, look, we're going to have to put him down. And she's like, can't you just turn him away in a field? I said, well, no, because he's in agony. So I can't turn him away in a field. Well, can't you just, can't you just rest him? No, it's like, no, I can't do that. That's not what is the right thing to do for this horse. And I kind of said to her, he's not going to know what's going to happen to him. No, exactly. I remember somebody once saying to me, it's us that know. And the other thing is, she said, which made me laugh, they don't watch a cowboy film. They don't know what a gun is. Yeah. They haven't got a concept of death. They're, they All they have a concept of is where they are at this exact moment. They yeah. live in the moment, the horses. They don't think about the future. And they do react a little bit to what's happened to them in the past. But they, don't, they certainly don't think about the future. They don't think, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be put down. They have no concept of it. Whereas so, going to someone like that bastard who oh. every day they're going to wake up and not know what the hell's going to happen to them. That is no. something that is is just too awful to contemplate. 
So then the next thing that happened was I've, I'm on a few groups because of having the ponies. And um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, these people now who are so greedy, why do they think that they should get thousands of pounds for like a happy hack? Why do they think that they should, you know, why should an all-rounder command thousands and thousands of pounds? And immediately That's I your thought, exact reason why. Oh, like, this is why. Because... Yeah. We have to start to realize, and I actually, I commented, I didn't kind of get aggy or anything. I just said, do you know what it costs to get a horse to even a four-year-old? Do you know like Mm. the stud fee, the scanning of the mare, the feeding of the mare, the feeding of the, well, the foaling cost, the feeding of the foal, the vaccinating, the foot trimming, Mm -hmm. then you've got to keep the foal until it's ready to break, then getting a professional to slowly and carefully produce it. Do you know how many thousands of pounds that horse will be standing? So why should someone who has done it the right way then get offered a thousand pounds? Yeah, why should they be penalised? When what you'll have is horses who have lived in a field, they've been just covered by whatever stallion that dealer has, and they stand in a field, they've not seen a farrier, they've not seen a vet, and then it gets like tack shoved on it, scared, broken, and then flogged and people think it's great because it's a thousand pounds and yeah, people kind of yeah. got really shirty and they said you know like oh just because we haven't got a silver spoon it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have horses and it's like no but equally we should not be allowing this market yeah it's it's seen quite a lot of the time with x-racers mm-hmm. so x-racers and one of the things that i would like to see more of is increasing the value of x-racers yeah because quite often you'll see these X-racers free to a good home, six hundred pounds, five hundred pounds. That is disgusting money. One yeah. of mine I bought for a fiver. Yeah. That should never be happening in the horse world. We should not. Horses are, and whether we like it or not, and I hate to say this, they are a luxury and they are expensive and they need to be kept. You know, yes, you can work hard and you can go without. And I'm not saying I'm a normal person. I'm not saying a normal person can't have a horse. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is we need to keep the value of horses high, uh, mm-hmm. almost, to stop these bin and bloody dealers getting their hands on them because yeah. it's disgusting and it's despicable. And I just, yeah, and, particularly, and as you see it a lot with ex-racers. You know, they're a cheap horse that people can buy and they quite often end up too thin or dangerous or, you know, and it's a lot of the time it's people's mentality just because you can get your hands on horse doesn't mean you should so and like i said you know i'm not saying that all horses should be necessarily expensive because oh no 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 what i'm saying is you will sometimes have to make a sacrifice i really wanted a 130 horse and i could not afford one so i bought pancake who is a psychopath and i was prepared to sacrifice really any enjoyment of riding that horse at home because he does the job in the ring. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But what I think is not okay is to look at a horse that's been really carefully and thoughtfully bred and produced, and then look at, say, a horse that's at someone like that, Harry's going to be like, oh, there's millions of interest in that because it's a thousand pounds. And you look at it, Mm. and I've done it so many times, I've looked at it and I've thought, that thing is crippled behind. You can tell it's sore. You can tell it's in pain. You know, it's got absolutely no condition on it. Its eyes are so sad. And I just think, why 
why is yeah. that allowed to continue? No. Has, it, a, has there been any sort of comeback on him, do we know? Um, sort of, it's I know there hard was a because, petition during the round. Yeah, there's, there was. And I know that um, people had said he's kind of gone into hiding and he was in England hiding. It's hard because it's all on social media. And so I don't actually mm. know. I, no, you don't know what to believe anymore. I think um, from what I read that he obviously isn't operating the riding school like dealing yard but that there was other like family members who i'm guessing it, it, this is quite often the problem with these um lower end dealers i'm going to call them bin end dealers actually because lower end suggests that they're, they're, they're bin end there's um one there's a couple fairly local to us that are quite notorious um and they they bounce between names they bounce between yeah. family members they take on young people and get them to advertise the horses yeah. for sale on their social media these people they know every trick in the book mm-hmm. um so you know there's i don't think we can stop them at that stage they need to be stopped at the first stage which is getting their hands on the horses I it totally really agree. is I think the two things that need to happen are we need to stop them getting their hands on the horses and people need to wise up and think Actually, it would be better for me to save up for another six months yes. to buy a decent horse rather than buying one who probably is going to be a walking vet's bill. And one of two things yes. is going to happen. The people are either not educated enough to realize the horse needs a vet and so the horse is going to suffer for mm. God knows how long. Or the person is a lovely person, is educated enough to realize after a little while that the horse has been butted up or whatever and needs a bit and then they've wasted all their money and they spend thousands and thousands trying to fix the horse that yeah. can't be fixed yeah and and the thing is what you've got to remember as well you think you're buying from a dealer so oh yeah yeah i'll buy from a dealer and they promise that they can prompt these bin ends will promise you the world to get you their money oh yeah they guarantee you can have your money back and then no, no, no. you want to bet your ass you ain't getting your money back so if you, you buy that horse and you get it home and it's got untold problems, you contact them, they will block you. There is no way once you've handed over your money, if there's a problem, you're going to get it back. I've got a bit so of just a, be a, a bit more sensible about that, actually. So I'm not going to name this dealer. And this was not a small amount of money. This was quite a big, quite a big amount of money horse. Yeah. So we went to try it and the guy um, said, look, have it seven days don't like it, don't like anything about it, just send it back. So we were like, brilliant. He was like, you know, get your money back. So then we were kind of like much more casual about it because you think, yeah, you know, there's no pressure, is there? You know, yeah. take it home, I'll give it a good trial at home. So we'll get it home and literally the first day I noticed it had the mother of all sarcoids under its belly. Oof. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, look, that's not some, for this amount of money, it's not something I want to risk and, so I rang him straight up and I said, look, it's got a huge sarcoid. We just want to send it back. He's like, no, you can't do that. It's not a sarcoid. I said, it definitely is. He said, no, it's not. It's its belly button. Mm. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he basically said the horse had an outie. <laughs> so. Oh, God loves a trier, right? I argued with this guy. And then um, he eventually said that, he wanted me to get my vet to look at it. And if my vet said it was a sarcoid, which it definitely wasn't, then he would take the horse back. So I said, right, fine. Got my vet out. Vet said, definitely a sarcoid. So rang him back. Obviously, he wasn't going to accept that. Oh, well, you must use a rubbish vet. We need, a, we need another <laughs> vet. 
So I said, that's fine. If you want to get another vet, that wasn't the deal. So if you want to get another vet, you pay for another vet. Right, okay. So then I get a phone call. And I said, um, like, what are you going to do? And he said, look, just bring the horse back now. I want it back now. So I said, fine. It was literally like probably about eight o'clock at night. So we mm. drive quite a long way with this horse, right? And we get into this remote place, pitch black. Take the horse off. And the guy's like, yeah, you're not having your money back. And, what? And you know when you then realize like, we are in the back end. And yeah. Ben started, yeah. like, Ben's a lover, not a fighter. Ben was fucking shitting it. Like, this isn't going to end well. We're going to end up like, you know. Dead. Yeah. So I've got a really bad temper. And you know, like sometimes when you look back and think. I had noticed actually. <laughs> you look back <laughs> and you think, what the fuck was I thinking? But anyway, so this yeah. guy's like, you're not getting your money back. And I was like, oh, I'm getting my money back. I am not leaving here without my money. So me and this guy had the mother of all rows while Ben was, I think, edging out, like just thinking (laughs) (laughs) he can, he'll take her and I could probably make a run for it. (laughs) You know, slowly like unhitching the trailer so it doesn't slow him down. So anyway, yeah, we ended up um, where we did, we got our money back from this dealer. Ben then chatted to someone about it who said like, Jesus Christ, like they are not, they're not the sort of people that you want to mess with. You don't and Ben mess was like, them. went home and he was like to me, oh my God, what could have happened to us? You could have, you could have, you could have died. You could have had a horrible death. But I was just really hand. angry because I was like, if I don't get my money back, I'm not going to get another horse. So like, you to are To be fair to me, back. Katie, I have, I can imagine that no one's going to fuck with you when you're angry. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Ben was wrong because... <laughs> You were quite safe. No one was going to fuck with you. To be fair, I'm surprised this dealer didn't want to take you on to as a, to like work for him to so, like deal with all the aggy customers when <laughs> their sarcoids aren't actually outy belly buttons. It was really funny actually because then we went to the BS ball, um, like probably only about a month later. Ben went into the toilet and this guy sort of happened to go in really soon after, and Ben said. Honestly, he said I was like trembling, thinking, oh my God, he's going to flush my head down the toilet. And he said the guy just shook his hand and was like, no hard feelings. We are going to go on to Wanker of the Week. We're sorry, this has been a little bit of a heavier episode than usual. Um, we're going to be really funny next week, promise. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, we're going to break out the jokes. You're all going to... All these people that have nominated us to this award now. They're going, what fucking the fuck shit. are we thinking? Oh, they're already serious. Oh no, retract, retract. Yeah. <laughs> we want to vote for Shag Marie's night. Yeah, give it, give it to my dad wrote a porno. At least they break a smile once or twice. <laughs> I just said serious. to Carla, I'll edit it out, but I just said to her, fuck, this one's been quite heavy. Do, can you just do something funny? And she was like, fuck me, Kay, I'm not performing seal. <laughs> also been disturbed by my eldest coming in some he's on a massive <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> not to go in the toilet which was quite kind <laughs> yeah, I, know. I love the warning <laughs> it must be really bad <laughs> i'm so sorry about that actually <laughs> i was at work possibly with coronavirus i'm not sure <laughs> um 
we, we've been playing childcare relay, which means that Sam worked, was doing a lot of work in the day and I've been doing a lot of work at nights and evenings. And um, there was a slight overlap and he was still at work and I'd come in. <laughs> he drove up, got to the house and both kids were at the door. They were like, Dad. He's like, oh. Sorry, I got so laughing now. <laughs> when he told me the story, it made me laugh. He went, he was like, Dad, don't be cross. But Oscar's done a massive shit and it won't flush, <laughs> flush away. So he done his hard day of work. He was greeted with what he said looked like the fact that Oscar had pooed out his spine. <laughs> and he phoned me up at work. He went, I've just walked in. I've spent 10 minutes coming to get rid of your son's massive turd. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That probably wasn't as funny as what it was if you lived in this house and if you don't like poo stories, you're definitely not going to find that funny. But it was just the fact that he said both boys are at the door waiting for him. Go, Dad, really <laughs> We blocked the toilet. We could have massive... blamed it on the dog. Rupert could have been saying, it wasn't me. What made me laugh is the fact that obviously Oscar's done this poo, <laughs> tried to flush the toilet, wouldn't flush. And then he's gone and got his brother. God, God. <laughs> What are we going to do? How are we going to solve this situation? It's like physics, homeschooling. Absolutely. I'm classing right now. I'm classing anything as homeschooling. As definitely as a homeschooling. So yeah. So yeah. Um, so my wanker of the week happened this weekend, and I had just finished a night shift. And Sam said to me, "Can you just pop in to the local Tesco and get some milk and stuff?" It's like, yeah, yeah. So I went in had to go around this one-way system I was thoroughly confused anyway I have a friend called Wayne but he sends me stuff occasionally via messenger and you always know that when it's coming it's going to be wholly inappropriate so I was paying and I was using my Apple Pay on my phone and um he sent me a message and it popped up and it was this like really it pretty disgusting picture to be honest but it it was quite funny I'm not going to describe it I think we've had enough of that today so I was like, you know, like, and I was like trying to do this double click on the side of my phone. And I accidentally, somehow, I'm not quite sure, I set off the SOS emergency alarm on my phone. Oh my so God. it's going, whoa, <sighs> And I was post night shift. I was very tired. Everyone was staring like, what the fuck's that? They all, someone put down a basket. I think she thought it was a fire alarm. She was going out the store. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like trying to stop this alarm going off. And then, um, I finally stopped and I was like, you know, when you're like sweating and like yeah. so embarrassed, I was like, I'm really, really sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. And all I could think of as saying was not like, I just went, I've just finished a night shift. But that was some sort of explanation <laughs> for setting off an alarm and scaring everybody. So yeah, not my finest moment. Definitely. My, my nipples survived. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> my one of the week is also in a supermarket. Well, it's, oh. yeah, it's, not too similar but so I've managed to get away with going shopping very much but I had to go and it's been so long since I used my card that I said to Ben I've forgotten my pin can I have your card so that I can just have your pin I'll write it on my phone so he's like right fine whatever so walking around the shop and I'm one of those people I I never have a purse or a bag I'm not a proper grown-up I shove it in my pocket no I don't everything in my pocket yeah but then are you one of those really nervous people who checks continuously yeah constantly yeah like I'm like patting myself down. I kind of look a little bit like I'm groping myself eternally yeah. as I walk around the supermarket. So 
I'm groping away. And then, you know, when you're groping, it gets like really frantic. And I was like, fuck, it, it, where's it gone? Where's it gone? And you know, when you're like, I do it so often that it's always there and it's reassuring. And I was like, it must be there. It must be there. And I'm like, literally going, wasn't there. So I did what I would, you know, a normal grown up would do. And I rang Ben and said, I've lost the card. And he was like, are you kidding me? But not only oh, that, no. I had a trolley full of things, which I was like, nobody else is going to be able to touch oh, these no. things to put them back because now they're contaminated. So what the fuck am I going to do? So wouldn't have even occurred to me to a customer service, but thankfully Ben is yeah. a normal human being and said, well, why don't you go and see if it's been handed in? So I was like, that's a really good idea. Normal human being just with one nipple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did linish his nipple, but other than that, he's yeah. really yeah. on the ball. Um, thank God it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine when you were washing up? Do you want to see my testicle? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no one wants to see a testicle, love. No one wants to see a testicle. <laughs> um, especially not a linished one. Um, oh, it looked like it looked like a red billiard ball, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> So anyway, we've gone way off these. Anyway, um, yeah, so went over to customer services and I said to her, I think I might have dropped my card. And she said, what sort of a card? So I said, a bank card. And she said, what sort of a card? <laughs> I was like, Lloyd's? And she was like, right, okay, what name? And so I said, oh, actually, it's not my card. It's my husband's card because I forgot my pin. So I had to borrow his card. And so she was already looking at me like I was a moron. Yeah. So she was like, right, what's his name? So I said, and she said, um, have you got any identification? And I was like, well, not for him. And she was like, <laughs> well, for you? And I said, I'm not going clubbing. I came to Tesco. What would I bring ID for? She, you could tell she was thinking this. <laughs> This girl oh, no, she's a fucking hell. So she who, was like, who opened the gate at the twat farm? <laughs> so she was like, when did you drop it? And I said, when I was shopping. And she was yeah. like, when did you drop it? And I was like, well, in the time it would she take knew that. to walk around Tesco. She was like, just have it here. So she gave me the card because she was literally just like fucking... Oh, she was, all, she was meant to be doing all these tests. I love it when you like lose something and people go, well, when did you have it last? Yeah. Of course, of course. Why didn't I think of that? Just going back when I had it last to see if I'd left it there. What, are you clever person? So I then went to the checkout and oh my God, I had a right one at the checkout. So she told me how I had to put my trolley and everything. And like, I fully get they've got, you know, look after themselves and all that. Yeah. But she put the trolley away and I said, but I can't reach. Like, I've only got small arms. I'm only little. And I literally can't reach where you want me to stand to get my stuff and get it in the thing. Yeah. And you know, and you can tell someone's like, I can see a point, but I'm not going to concede. Yeah. So she was like, follow the black lines. And I was like, right. She was like, just, you, you cannot deviate from the black lines. So I was like, Okay, just lob my shopping over here then to me, William. So um, I'll try and catch it. So anyway, <laughs> she's putting all my stuff through. And then she said, she got to the tins of tomatoes and she said, um, I can't put this through. And I was like, okay. And she said, you've exceeded your number. And I was like, oh, that's fine. And she said, you do know you're allowed three products. 
of, and I said, oh, right, yeah, sorry, that's fine, just put it back. What um, did you have four? Well, I had got three of one and three of, like, something different. Like, I think I had three of, like, Passata <gasps> and three of Tomatoes. Try to beat the system, you sneaky. Oh. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, just try put it back. Fuck. And she said, um, I mean, I've turned a blind eye to some of your other items, but I, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to this. <laughs> not like you I was literally just like yeah that's fine like I'm not offering any I genuinely didn't I when I said I had three of each I didn't I think I'd just like I'd done what I would do in a normal shop I'd got two say of what I wanted and two of something else hadn't even thought though they're similar and I'd done the same with pasta like I think I'd got spaghetti lasagna and like two bags of pasta um henry basically rule people like you people like you (laughs) coming in here stealing all our pasta yeah henry basically exclusively eats pasta um yeah so it's a nightmare when pasta went crazy i was like fuck henry's gonna starve today it's gonna die yeah it's gonna starve so i mean he's he's annoying me at the minute to be fair with all these animal voices so but anyway (laughs) yeah so she was like um she said, yeah, I've turned a blind eye to some of it, but she said, it's not as bad as it used to be. You actually are allowed, like, some of the same kind of food group. But she was like, you know, I had an old man cry in the soup aisle. How do you think that made me feel? And you know when you're just like, fuck me. Like, why did I have to get you? She's oh like, my God. Do you know what people have been doing? And this is all like so deadpan, which just made it just funnier. Yeah. She was like, yeah. Do you know what people have been doing? I was like, I don't. She said, three tins of every flavour. Can you imagine that that man? The how dirty heartbroken, bastards. how heartbroken he was. And I was like, I, honestly, I can't. How do you think that makes me and my colleagues feel when we've got an old man crying in the soup aisle? And I was like, honestly. I, I don't know what to say to you. Just take the tin tomatoes back. I wasn't fighting you for them. So then she like points to two things that she's put. She put two blocks of cheese through and then she put two yogurts through and she said, see like this, you wouldn't have been allowed this. Now we're slackening things. You wouldn't have been allowed this a little while ago. And I said, why? And she said, well, because that would have been from the same thing. And I said, but it's yogurt and cheese. <laughs> said, but imagine I'm yogurt on toast, are you? Said, but imagine it was cottage cheese. And I was like, but it's fucking not, is it? <laughs> like, I can't go with it. <laughs> so can we just add to this that we aren't laughing at the fact and that the old man was crying about in the soup aisle no. because that is actually quite sad considering the fact that she felt the need to tell you the story and actually i didn't believe her for a second like i genuinely didn't yeah I, don't. You know, I just was like i call bullshit i mean i bet some old people have really struggled and but it was the fact that she was just out like i think she was trying to make me feel guilty and like yeah yeah absolutely and it was i kind of probably wasn't giving it enough of a response that she was wanting so she was like i'm gonna have to go get worse and worse <laughs> she's literally just That's like the man crying in the soup aisles and then when you because you've been like a bit hard-faced about that <laughs> yeah. she's like right, i'll 
I'll compare cheese and yogurt, cottage <laughs> cheese and yogurt. She wouldn't be able to have that. Like, so she was really going in on you, wasn't she? She, she didn't like you, Kay. I'm not, I'm going to be straight up with you. She did not like you. She really didn't like you. She made me. a judgment on you the minute you questioned her black line that you had to stand behind. She, she took it hard. Like Let's do- she took the black line hard. She, you questioned her authority. <laughs> I did. And you got I the mean- soup story as a result. <laughs> and uh you you deserved it it's do you know i'm gonna straight. take i'm gonna take one of those like what those old people have you know with the so you can grab things like a stick and it's got grab it. yeah 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 pick yeah. rapper i'm gonna take one of those next time i'll be like don't worry i can do it now my arms <laughs> my arms are now long enough you do not need to tell me any cottage cheese soup, soup pile stories yeah I'm good for those. Yeah. Yeah, we're all good here. <laughs> I, if I were you, I would go back and I would go, like, every time I went in that supermarket now, she was working, even if the queue to be on her checkout was massive, I'd feel the need to keep going back there. Well, it will any be fucking stories? massive because she's it's like Jack and Ori over there. I'm like, <laughs> any, more, any more stories about pasta you want to tell me? Any more? And my love, is this all right? I've got the correct numbers of Passata. <laughs> or am I going to get told off? No, that's not. Do you know what I would do? Is every so often, I try and break the rules a little bit. Yeah. Like, re- like, oh, it's out of the right. And then, like, sneak in, like, another Muller Crunch corner that you should, more than you should have done and see if she picks up on it. Actually, I said to Ben, I was nearly a total twat. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you have to look at yourself and go, be, be the bigger person, Katie. And I actually was. Um, she, she was like whinging on about the, you know, people obviously stealing all the soup and all the three, the three item rules and stuff. And I said, the problem with Tesco is, and um, the problem is they've stopped allowing like, you know, the four pack of like beans or mm. whatever. They're not doing any of those anymore because they say that it's a waste of packaging. Okay. So they're doing their bit for the environment, which was fine. A little bit annoying, actually. Even, I'm not, so I'm, really it wasn't fine. But then Corona hit. And then you're only allowed yep. three. So I said to her, the problem is we're only allowed now three, which is less than if you still sold them in the packs of four, because then you could actually get 12. Yeah. And she was like, well, yes, but that's because of Corona. And I thought, actually, it's not. It's because of plastic packaging. <laughs> I know that and you don't. And I nearly said, I think you should really keep yourself up to date on Tesco's policies. But you didn't, did you? You did. You did. rose above it, didn't you? I did. I can tell that about you because when you were telling me that story then, you had a really smug look on your face. <laughs> you were like, I, I rose above it. She can't, I can't wait to tell <laughs> You look really proud of yourself. I, I rose did. above that one. I didn't, I didn't rise to that fight. Uh-uh. I might have argued with everyone about Nick Skelton, but not this time, bitch. <laughs> But I drew the black line at arguing over Heinz beans. A hundred percent. You you had me with the soup story, but (laughs) bitch, I ain't rising now. I ain't rising. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. All right. I'm going to move on to a story that we got sent, which is not about shopping. Thank the good Lord. This came from... Can I just say, Katie, as well? Yeah. Your quick cleavage has been very distracting in this podcast. <laughs> you, it has been incredibly distracting. Um, uh, yeah, that is actually quite a look at top. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. Like, anyway, sorry. Moving on. Um, I am a little bit... I think I'm a bit more obsessed with your family's breasts than I should be. <laughs> yeah, you are Because I actually. stared at your cleavage and I've asked three times about Ben's nipple. <laughs> well this is worrying anyway sorry can we 
the poor person that sent in the wanker of the week. Um, yeah. yeah. So her name is Saddle Fitness and she is on Instagram. So she said, I have a green broke four-year-old paint cross thoroughbred who is known as my devil pony. He isn't malicious or intentionally naughty. He just thinks life is a party and everything is a game. He destroys anything he can get hold of and will try and wrestle the other horses and approaches his work with a bit too much enthusiasm. He had spent this day absolutely hooning round his paddock, ripping his own rug, yes, while wearing it. So I thought, that's it. I'm going to get all these beans out. So that afternoon, I loaded him up to take him on a super hilly trail. I made sure to pack my breastplate because these hills are so steep. That'll sort the devil pony out. However, when we arrived, I realised I'd left my saddle pad at home. But I had a sheepskin half pad. Just not the actual num-num, she's put. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, screw it. We will just go for the hunter look. We got to the first steep downhill and began shuffling down carefully. About halfway down, the devil pony started refusing to go forward, which is very out of character. I promptly told him off sternly and gave him a swift push on. He reluctantly continued down the hill, but at a very awkward pace. I kept encouraging him to keep going and rolling my eyes at him finding yet another way to mess around. I then started to notice that this hill was getting steeper and I didn't remember it being this steep. I finally looked down to see my pony's ears alarmingly close to my saddle. Oh my God, no. Once getting my bearings, I realised I was sitting halfway down my horse's neck in the middle of a giant fuck-off downhill. I I very politely asked him if he could maybe stop. I'm not sure he recognised the tone of my voice, but he did. You see... She did he, he not answer back? <laughs> did he not answer? No, I'm not fucking stopping. I fucking told you, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> oh my god, no, he's American. He's a paint horse. Oh, we... should I do an accent? Yeah. Did that? Oh no, that was Australian. That's wasn't Australian. It? American. Get off. Well, it depends where you come, doesn't it? I, t- I told you. I told you that I. <laughs> I. I... <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god! What's like a cowboy talk like? Because it's a paint horse. I feel like it's get off your horse and drink your milk. <laughs> that, that was a cowboy. You said that in a cowboy film. Okay. Well, right. That's what the horse. Ride him, cowboy. Ride him. <laughs> so I told you that that I told you that that saddle pad didn't fit. <laughs> there we go. That was the horse. <laughs> Once we stopped, the situation didn't really improve as I couldn't think of how to get down. I couldn't lean forward and swing my leg because I would have propelled myself head first over his ears. So after a couple of minutes of amping myself up, I basically leapfrogged over my horse's head. Oh my God. He stood like a saint and I quickly took the saddle off and put it back in place. He was then rechristened as Angel Pony and showered in praise. Yeah. I think he was more shocked about this than me sitting halfway up his neck. So feeling very guilty and stupid, I stayed off him and led him back down. The walk of shame up and down extreme hills in riding boots and helmets certainly oh made God, me learn my lesson. Listen to fuck. Katie. Oh my God, I bet, no. she, I bet her feet looked like hamburgers. <laughs> At least it wasn't a fairy. Oh my God. Oh well, yeah, that's true. We've been there, haven't we, with you people? <laughs> Katie, note that as pretty as fluff is, it does not have sufficient grip to keep a saddle in place during hill work. Oh my God. 
She also put, I, I just want to say that I absolutely adore this horse and his quirky personality. But yeah, just don't he, sounds, him that. he sounds like a gem. Yeah. People always laugh at me because whenever I put a picture up of Vince, without a question, someone will always comment on the size of his ears. I've never noticed how big they are, but he has actually got quite big lugs. And people always come up. And then I always, I'm always reminded that um, Lucinda Green used to say that the sign of a good event horse, you always wanted to pick a good event horse with big ears. And everyone, for ages, no one questioned on it because she thought that she meant intelligent and whatever. And then actually somebody did ask her, I said, why do you say a good event horse should have big ears? And she said, because that's the last thing you've got to grab hold of as you're falling <laughs> off. <laughs> so- Imagine Vince like... Whenever I see Vince's lugs, I always say, Good event, or that last thing I've got to grab off. So I don't know what this American horse is. That American? <laughs> I don't know um, whether he had big, I got quite big ears. Get oh, maybe. Yeah. I think that was getting American there. I know, I'm getting quite good now, aren't I? You are. Actually, I was reading, I feel like fuck me, we'll go off piste. I was reading Henry oh, a story the other day, um, a pirate story. And I was trying to do a pirate voice and I got to the end and I was like, <gasps> I've done a Devon voice <sighs> the whole way through. Oh, that's understandable for a pirate though. Because they so you are. Yeah, it's so hard, isn't get it? Out. They're very close. You've just nearly said get very off your close. horse and drink your milk, haven't you? <laughs> for a pirate. <laughs> Fuck me. My pirate was going to say that. It was a cowboy pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to practice my pirate. Because next week, Ben was just like crying, laughing at me. And he said, does your pirate drive a combine? <laughs> Which was a little bit harsh. I phoned up to order some gas yesterday. And you know, like, I was using a bit of a telephone voice. I'm not going to lie. And for some reason, I'm trying to order a bottle of gas. I'm <laughs> <Sam> absolutely <laughs> lost it. It's like, what the fuck, gas? <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Anyway. All right. Very nice horse. She's um, obviously one. Yeah, you definitely I I mean, beat our supermarket stories. Number one, the fact that she forgot the saddlecloth was enough. Yeah. To be honest, they said, oh no, I'll improvise. And then nearly <laughs> fell off as a result. I love that the horse was trying good. to go, this isn't a good idea. We need to abort. And she's like, keep Hannah going. And the horse is like, really? <laughs> I know. How long was her girth? Unless I guess, if, I guess it can push it in front of the withers, can't it? Just normally. But yeah, poor horse. He was doing his best to save her. She has a leapfrog over his head. We missed that bit. That would have been a really good video. Next time, before you do it, could yeah, you can... video? <laughs> bit selfish. You didn't really, to be fair. I know. I know. So you win the rosette and I will remember to post it. I promise. You better <laughs> add. You better add. And we want to see pictures of it. Definitely. People so, have been putting pictures up when they win it, and it's brilliant. So it is. Like it's really that. nice. So, um, any more stories, email us at bookoffbanter at gmail.com or we are on Facebook and Instagram at bookoffbanter. We love hearing from you, and we love that you're voting for us. One last little... Please keep voting. <laughs> Please keep voting. Keep voting. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening. This has been a really random episode. I think though we were due one. It's COVID. Like we're allowed a random episode. Oh my God. It's just been, yeah, we have been back. So thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.